Hey everybody, it's your favorite reconstructionist, Eric Brown and Phil Relly, and welcome to episode number four of the one and only show bringing you tips and tricks to working vehicle collision cases from the best experts in the industry every Wednesday. Today's topic is, is this really my expert? So grab your expert angle coffee mug and settle in three, two, one, off we go. Every year, traffic crashes claim the lives of over a million people and account for over $500 billion of injuries around the world. A small select group of people from police to attorneys to expert investigators are tasked with getting justice for the victims, protecting the rights of involved parties, and ensuring the story is told accurately and honestly. Unfortunately, we believe that is an impossible task without the right team of experts. If you agree, then keep on listening for actionable tips from leading experts across various industries that you can start taking today to elevate your professional game. If you disagree, then tune in anyway and let us convince you with our ideas. We are Eric Brown and Phil Relly, and this is Crash Tech, the expert angle. Welcome back to the show, guys. Crash Tech, the expert angle podcast is brought to you by Crash Tech Reconstruction Services. If you have an accident that you need answers for or you think the other side has it wrong, Crash Tech can help. Connect with us at www.crashtechreconstruction.com to submit your case for a free review. Phil, welcome back, man. Here we are. Episode, episode number four, bringing it to the people. Yeah, bringing it. So this is going to be kind of a fun episode today, I think. I think, I, I hope. So you never know. You never know. This could be the boring one. This could be it. This is where we drop the ball. No, I'm just kidding. So today's uh, episode, since we, we spoke a little bit last week about the differences between your experts, I wanted to kind of keep the conversation going. And this mm-hmm. week... Talk about vetting those experts. How do you know that you're actually getting a good quality expert? Sure. Right? I mean, because now that you know the differences, that's great. You go online and there's just a sea of reconstructionists and engineers and everybody else under God's green earth out there that's trying to be an expert. So I I thought, hey, you know what? Let's take a little bit of time and, and discuss this. How do you vet it? Because let's just be honest here. Have you, because you built your house, didn't you? I didn't physically build it. I wish I did. I mean, <laughs> I'd have done a lot of things different. <laughs> right. Yeah, but you had a builder build your house, right? Right. And when you were looking for builders, did you just like, like, uh, you, do you remember the movie, The Jerk back in the day with, uh, with Steve Martin? Yeah. And you know, he, the guy like opens the phone book and he just like puts his finger down, Navin R. Johnson, you know, and he just like picks him out of the phone. Right. Is that how you picked your contractor or did you go out? And actually, like, want to see work product and say, hey, you know, yeah, do you have a portfolio that shows me some pictures and this, that, and the other? Yeah, we actually went and took tours of a couple homes that he built. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Right. Yeah. And same thing with like an architect. If you were going to hire an architect to, to build something, wouldn't you want to see their portfolio of some of the work that they've done and things yeah, like absolutely. that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I, I don't understand. And, and to even bring it down even more simple, when you buy a car, ever go to the lot and just say, or call them on the phone and be like, Hey, here's the car I want. Go ahead and just get financing and I'll swing by the lot and pick it up. (laughs) No, I have not, but there is an app out there for that now. That's true. But they also have a 30 day return policy on those cars. So that's uh, yeah, you know, but it's weird that in our, our, everything that we do in life, right. We never do that. We never just buy give somebody our money up front especially when you're talking the the possibility of of hundreds of thousands of dollars um right 
you know, we, we never just give them our money up front and then wait for an unseen product at the end. Right. So why in the world would we do this when it comes to business? Doesn't make any sense. Right. Exactly. So I know a lot of you guys are going to be sitting there and you're going to be like, well, I've been working with this expert forever. And, and maybe, maybe that is the case. And so if you've worked with this guy in the past or girl, then maybe you can skip some of these steps. But if nothing else, I want you to sit back and think while you're driving, and we're going to go through some of these vetting questions that we use to, to vet experts and, and things like that, that are important and sit back and think, which one of these would be checked off with your expert and which ones wouldn't? Because if they're not checking off all of these, all of these questions, then you may have a, you may have a problem. You may want to shop for a different expert. Right. Sure. Let's, and the other thing too, that I just kind of want to get out of the way right from the rip and who's heard this or said it or thought this that, ah, man, I don't want to get stuck using the same expert over and over and over again, because in a trial, it's going to look like I'm like they're biased because we work together a lot, but they do it now. That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, how many, how many, how many attorneys have you talked to where, Oh, we always use so-and-so or we always use so-and-so and you know, I think over time, if you continue to see the same result and you continue to to get to some degree the same result, you just accept the fact that that is what you should expect to get at the end. Yeah. Is it really? I mean, you know, is that really what what this is about? I, I don't know. I mean, and if you're good with that, if if you're that person who says, you know what, I always use this company. We have this long-standing relationship, and you know we uh, we get seventy-five percent of what we're asking for. If you're good with that, I, I guess. I right. mean, if you're, I don't want to do any better, yeah, I don't want to <laughs> ever better myself or get any better. I don't want to make any more money. I don't want to do any better anything better for my for my client. Right, and that is what it is. That might be a uh, it might be a training class opportunity for that individual. Right. And, and, you know, and that's the thing is I challenge even people that are longtime loyal customers of crash tech, see what else is out there. That's okay. I don't mind throwing this challenge out there because I'm that confident in our work product and, and how consistently we evolve our work product. Like our, right. our work product is always changing. It's always growing. It's always getting better. And, and you've seen it. I've, I know I've seen it and, and, and I know you've seen it. You see cookie cutter, reports oh yeah some experts out there so you know when mm-hmm. you get that you get that phone call hey this is a this is the the the, uh, the reconstruction report we receive uh through discovery you know we'd like a rebuttal report and, and you read these and from and from certain places you you'll see just just cookie cutter it's almost like literally there's a spot where it's tab fill tab fill yeah. tab fill but that is great for them because man they're really knocking out a, a report in no time flat but at the end of the day, that's not what you paid for. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it, every, every letter and every keystroke on your, uh, uh, on that piece of paper should be the first time that keystroke was made. It, you know what I mean? Yeah. If that makes sense. And it's funny so, because the, the reason too, I think that Phil brings that up is because we have a, a stack of reports from one of these companies and a couple of the paragraphs there, there are some typos in it. And that same typo is in every single one. So I know that that paragraph has just been copy and pasted into every single report they do. 
because they've never fixed the typo. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, yeah, he, he feels exactly right. And so what we did is we put together a guide and this guy's going to be available. And I know I've mentioned it before, but this guy's going to be available in our book that's coming out this fall. Um, and, and also it's going to be posted. So I'm going to post this guide into the crash site, which is the, the private site for PI attorneys only uh, currently. And like I said, we're going to, we're going to grow that one. It's on Facebook. Um, and like I said, if you go on Facebook and just type in the crash site, it's there, or you can get to it from our Facebook. This guide is there. So if you're a PI attorney and you want this guide, go there and we're going to put this inside of there for you. Uh, but anyway, so this is kind of some of the things that, that we're going to look at. Okay. So when you're vetting your expert, we're looking at four different areas that we're going to vet them in. Okay. And don't skip steps because if you're skipping steps, something could slip through the cracks and you could miss one of these things. And then you get to trial and you find out that this is where they suck. And that's never a good thing. You want to know now, right? We want to know up front. So what I, what we do is we just have a little check mark. They either hit it or they don't. If they hit it, they get checked off on it. If they don't leave it blank and it's a total score of 20 because there's 20 different areas that they can get checked off on. Okay. So in the first one, what we're looking at is tone and pace. Okay. And you know, was the expert enthusiastic as hell? Did they sound sharp as attack? Did they sound like somebody worth listening to? Was their voice pleasing to the ear? And did they, did they stress points with different tone inflections? Okay. And why does this become important? Because if somebody doesn't do this, Phil, how do they sound? Visine commercial. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. I do. It, it literally will put your jury to sleep. And if it's putting your jury to sleep, it's, yeah. Yeah. And I you know. They may miss the most fundamental key point of your entire presentation in that courtroom because they were daydreaming about grass growing. Who knows? Right. And, and so think about it. What we're trying to avoid is, and I know if you've been in court with an expert, you have seen this guy. I guarantee that you have seen an expert that is this exact guy or girl. Okay. And they get on the stand and, and they're sharp, man. They know what they're talking about, but they talk like this. So what happened in this crash was this vehicle was coming down the side street and failed to stop for the stop sign. And the other vehicle was coming at this speed and they had it. I really want to reach through the microphone right now and just smack you. Right. Yeah. But that's exactly it. Right. And, and do, but the problem is, is because we've seen these people in court. That means that the other side, the other attorneys hired these people. <laughs> and it's like, did they ever yeah. even talk to them or did they just buy a car online and go pick it up later? Right. So, yeah. You know, that's, that's what I'm worried about there. So like I said, those are the different points that we're looking at is was the expert enthusiastic as hell? Because folks, I'm telling you right now, if that expert isn't enthusiastic about what they do, how in the world are they ever going to communicate it to a jury that they're enthusiastic about what they do? Right. Right. Like, I, I don't know about you, man. I love what I do. Right. This is yeah. fun, you know? And so I get, I get all geeked out about it and, uh, and get all hyped up and I'm like, Oh yeah, oh, man, this is amazing. Yeah. Look at this and look at this. And for anybody that follows us on social media, I just posted a picture the other day. We had a rollover event. And when the car came down on its side, both wheels left perfect aluminum circles with black rubber outlines around them where the vehicle came down on the asphalt. And I had to post it online because I'm like, oh, man, this is amazing. 
It, and that's evidence you don't see very often. Right. Yeah. Like in, in over 2000 crashes that I have been on the scene for like live, that's the first time I've ever seen that. And so I posted it. And one of the guys who has written one of the books on reconstruction, like one of the founding guys commented and, and he said it took him all day to find a picture and he posted a picture of the same thing. And he's like, dude, he's like, I've seen this once in 35 years. I mean, that, yeah. that's incredible. So, you know, yeah, I get all geeked out about it. So I'm, I'm enthusiastic and uh, you know, that's what makes it fun. So the other one too is, are they sharp as a tack? So meaning, do they sound like me or do they sound like Phil? I'm just, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. So Phil's got that Southern accent, right? And, and so I don't mean that. I don't mean, do they speak slower or anything like that? Um, but do they sound intelligent? Do they sound smart? Do they get to the point or is it lots of, uh, uh, well, possibly, you know, is it that guy or is it, is this the way it happened? Yep. That's the way it happened. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? The moment you start, the moment you start with the, uh, or ums or the long pauses, the other side of the equation is certainly thinking there's a lack of confidence in whatever section you're discussing at that point. And, and that could be dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they, could, they could exploit that to, and at that point you got doubt, you've got, you know, a whole lot of things that are running through the people you're counting on the most to, to side on, you know, in your favor are now maybe wondering the same thing. Yeah. And so this, this next one's kind of fun and it's interesting. Do they sound like somebody worth listening to? I ask right. that question to myself every time I call you. Right. <laughs> and generally your answer is like, no, he's not. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, whatever. It is what it is. Um, but no, what a, and what we mean by that is like, think of the, your expert as a tour guide, right? He's the tour guide at the zoo because he's going to guide the jury through the events and it's a guided tour. So if you look on the left, you're going to see a crashed out car. You look on the right you're going to see tire marks coming into the crash, right? That's what we're talking about. And so can they take you on this journey, on this magical journey in your mind and paint that picture with words? Are they able to do that or not? Right. In because versions, it, not only in testimony, but also in their report. Right. And, and when they're taking you on that tour, you know, keep in mind the, the, the tour is being guided for the, for the uh, amusement or enjoyment of the jury. Right. So exactly. that's who you want envisioning this, you know, every, when they talk about a car, boom, they can put a car in their, in their vision. They can put tire marks in their vision. Um, it's not about taking you on a tour guide. It's about taking that jury on the tour guide. Right. Exactly. So, and this next one here, this one's kind of a fun one. And, and I didn't think about this. You said the last one was a fun one. They're all fun. I like this whole, this whole topic is great. So, I, I actually go around the, the country and I've given this speech to uh, some of the Fortune 500 companies out there and, and bigger places, especially places that do telephone sales and things like that, where we talk about tone and pitch and things like that in your voice. So this next one became crucial. And what we found in, in the psychological effect it has on people is, is, the, is their tone pleasing to your ear? And a lot of people don't think about that, but let's actually put that in context. If you get in your car today and your favorite song comes on the radio, but for some reason you're just getting out of, out of reach of the radio station frequency. And so like the treble either sounds distorted or the bass sounds distorted or it's just all messed up. What do you do? 
I'll take it. I'll kind of jump on your 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 uh, example there. Think about uh, people that redo songs. You know, reproduce mm-hmm. songs. The, the the original artist, um, you may have not liked that song when they sang it or you know put it out. But then you have these these bands that are redoing cover songs, and it's like wow, you know, you yeah. used, you know now you're 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 turning the volume up. And vice the, versa. So the, the yeah. prime example is think of like that the remake of Sound of Silence. That Disturbed is awesome. Just did. Yeah, right? Disturbed. Yeah. That's yeah. A good, ab- good remake. Absolutely. Because mm-hmm. what is their tone and their pitch compared to the original tone and pitch? Right. Yeah. Completely. I mean, night and day difference in the song. But so in your radio, if tone and pitch is off on your radio, you change the station. Right. Right. You don't want to listen to that crap. And so subconsciously, that's exactly what a jury is going to do. If somebody comes up there and their voice is shrill or boring or dull or just doesn't sound good to the ear, he's tuned out. Yeah. Think about it. What happens at home when you change your tone and pitch to your kids? What do they do? In my home? They usually laugh, walk off. <laughs> right. But that's exactly what they just tune you out. Right. <laughs> they just tune you out. So, yeah, 100 percent. Um you know, and then finally, yeah, did they stress points with different tone inflections? You know, if, and, and this is something that cops master. So this is one thing that I will give you, I think, uh, from what I've seen, reconstructionists typically are better at this than engineers, not in all cases, throw that disclaimer out there. But this is something that police have to master. And I don't know, Phil, have you ever witnessed this? So if you go to a domestic, right, and people are yelling, and everybody wants to hear what you have to say, Okay. And I really want to stress something. I found this, that I'll actually start to whisper because if I whisper, they'll match my tone and everybody kind of leans in to listen to what I'm talking to. And, and so it's funny because if somebody's like, ah, 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 you know, and they're yelling and screaming at me and I'm like, okay, listen. Okay. So, you know, and, and I could do that. They'll yeah. start screaming at me in a whisper. They'll be, but, but she did this. And, she, and, and it's the funniest thing right. in the world. Yeah. Because if you just stand in silence, there's no change in their demeanor whatsoever. Right. But if you talk at a lower tone where they have to try and figure, they got to, they got to multitask. Their brain is saying, okay, you have to actually listen to hear what he's saying, but you still want to continue barking, whatever you're barking about. Right. Um, Exactly. So yeah, it's, it's an interesting, it's uh, so, and, and you can get these things in your conversation with your expert. So when you initially call them, these are things that you're actually going through on the phone when you're just having that conversation and you're just checking these things off. Um, you know, the next one in the, in the verbal communication skill section, then did they build rapport with you? Because if they didn't, they're not going to build any rapport with a jury on the stand. And that rapport, that likability factor mm-hmm. is, is crucial. And, and I know every attorney listening to this knows about likability factor, right? Because if you have a drunk driver that hit and killed a, a three-year-old that was playing in the road, what's the likability factor of that drunk driver? Yeah. But you got an 80-year-old lady who's just, you know, doing her thing and she was just out getting groceries or, oh man, maybe she was picking up a birthday cake for her grandkids and gets in a car accident and she's injured. What's her likability factor? And I know you guys take this into account. Take the same example. Same three-year-old in the street. Drunk driver, 80-year-old grandmother. Yeah. Yeah. So I I know you guys already think about this when it comes to the witness. But what about about your expert? I mean, the expert has to have that likability factor. Um, Was the call conversational or was it transactional? 
So this is something that you should be grading your expert on. Did they get on the phone with you and they're just like, you know, okay, what, what company are you with? Where the case happened? What was the date of it? What was this? What was that? Right. Or did they actually have a conversation where they're like, Hey man, what's going on? What do you got? Tell me about it. You know what I mean? Did they actually have a conversation with you? Um, Was there no dead air on the call? This is something you'll never have a problem with, with me. If you ever talk to me on the phone, there will never be dead air. In fact, uh, there typically won't even be a pause in the sentence. (laughs) And uh, Phil does that in his reports. No you run on sentences, you do run on conversations. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's all balance. Good. Yeah, but we balance each other out and we catch it and point it out. <laughs> oh, um, I hate you. What is there <laughs> noticeable filler words? And this is something that actually takes practice to get rid of. Your ums, uh, uh, mm, uh, la, you know, whatever. Well, and, I, and I'd say too, law, I mean, police officers that's part of their vocabulary on the street, you know, and, and that's a tough hurdle to overcome. It is. Uh, because yep, see, it, there's uh, one. it becomes part of your every, <laughs> well, it becomes part of your everyday life because, yeah. you, you know, just about the time you go to start your sentence and you're interrupted, your next one will start maybe with an um or a well, because you're waiting and anticipating that person interrupt you. So it becomes part of your vocabulary and that's tough to overcome. It's, it's a hurdle, but. It, it is. Yeah. And it's something that, that you have to work on. And so sure. that's why I say vet this stuff right up front, because if you don't, you're going to end up with an expert that's uh, uh, eh, mm, eh, the whole time on the stand. And, and that gets old. It actually gets old to your ears. It's going to get old to the jury's ears. So make sure you're watching that. And would you be convinced by them? Did they speak in such a way that you would be convinced by what this person has to say? Do they have passion? Do they know their product and their and by product I mean field, or are they a snake oil salesman where they've done enough research to know what to say, but really don't know the product? Yeah. And if that's the case, yeah, that's a that's a uh, certainly a, a challenge for you for sure. Because some people can sound very 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 intelligent about a product, and then when you have that join that relationship or that bond to with the expectation of a good thorough report that's going to read well and, and so on. And what you get is something that is horrible. Yep. You know, you, how are you going to recover from that? Right. And so this, this next section, we're going to actually spend a whole podcast talking on how to read a CV and properly vet some of these trainings. Um, because I, I know you all have read a CV, but there's some, there's some things in there that, that you'll notice. I think that, that people kind of sneak in there take out and they got a little bit of fluff in there. And, and so we need to cut through some of that, but on this beginning one here, their background and training, do they have the physical certificates for what you need? Right. And what, what do I mean? Do they have the physical certificates for what you need? So meaning if you need somebody to calculate speed from crush of a motorcycle or something like that, do they have physical certificates from a motorcycle specific course that teaches them to use that formula? Right? right? Because almost every reconstructionist and engineer out there is going to say that they know how to do crush because you learn it in recon. But I will tell you right now, unless you go to the school and actually get certified and, and it is a week-long school specifically where the only thing you talk about is crush. Unless you have that school, you are nowhere even close qualified to use crush. Yeah. 
nowhere even close. And, and so that's what I mean. Do they have the physical certificate for exactly what you're looking for? Um, have they withstood a court challenge before? Have they been Daubert challenged? Sure. Has yeah. somebody beat them up in depot and trial something? Do they, have they been challenged in court? Has the gauntlet been thrown down and this yeah. guy survived or girl? Yeah. Right. Absolutely. I mean that because man, God forbid your case is the one where this is the first time this guy or girl gets challenged <laughs> and you come to find out that maybe they don't hold up that well under pressure. Right. Yeah. Um, have they ever been paid to instruct a class? Why would this be important? Why would that be important at all? Because what are you doing to the jury? Literally, you're, you're, educating. Yeah, educating. you're educating them. Yeah. You're, you're teaching them a class. And so typically instructors have, for most instructors, I know there's some out there that are going to be super boring, but most instructors are pretty dynamic speakers. They have a good presence about them and they can teach you how to do something. And that's what we're doing on the stand. We're taking a jury full of people and we're teaching them whatever subject we're talking about. Right. So they got to get to the, and and that kind of goes to the point that you, you know, how long are you going to have your expert on the stand and and they've got to teach that jury. And then I don't know, three, four hours about crash reconstruction and how it, you know, played a role or how the reconstruction played a role in in investigating this and, and coming to the opinion that's a lot. I mean, what took us years and years and years and years of training and education and, and experience, we've got to now convey that in two, three, four hours, whatever the case may be. So y- your expert needs to be effective on the stand mm-hmm. because yeah. the, as you start to, as your expert starts to to run on sitting on the stand, opposing counsel is going to shut it down. You know, they don't want to let you talk for too long. So you got to be able to get to your point, drive that point quickly before they have the opportunity to to break it down or dismantle the, the statement being made. So, yep. Yeah, absolutely. Um, have they ever been paid to be a public speaker? And this is going to be most most experts have not, but some have. And this is a great thing to ask, because if they've been paid to be a public speaker, what kind of speaker are they? Typically, they're a pretty dynamic speaker because nobody's going to pay some boring guy, for the most part, to get up and, and give a presentation. I so that's, that's just kind of a good question to ask them. Um, and have, did they teach you something on the call? Did you walk away from the right. call knowing something or learning something that you didn't know before? Right. Because if they can't teach you something, they sure as heck can't teach a jury something because you are pretty well educated, probably better off than most people out there um, with the amount of schooling. That well, you've had. and this is very helpful for, you know, people that are just getting into the PI side of things um, with, they may not know, you know, this may be the first personal injury case they take where they find themselves needing an expert where other attorneys may have been doing this for 20, 30 years and are, are very familiar with the process. And, and they've heard so many, there's so much testimony that, you know, they've learned a lot over the years and, and learned a lot from their experts where th- this vetting process is, is pretty, I think it's a very important, especially for the newer attorneys in the PI industry 
um, to have a resource or a guide to go to, because this is, this is new for them. So if they don't know what they don't know, and they talk to the wrong expert, that is a great snake oil salesman, man, oh man, that, that's what you're going to learn in your experience that this is what it's about. Really? That, that <laughs> may absolutely be not what it's about. Yeah. You know what I mean? 100%. You can, so this it's good, good, helpful product. Yeah. And uh, so then if we dive into then the last final part, is to actually see their work product, their reports. Ask for a sample report. Could they submit one to you or not? Do they have one they could submit or not? Right? Because you want to test drive that car before you buy it. So why don't you the first they write a report? And, and, and I remember very early on when, when, uh, when you and I partnered up, um, that was one of the first things we built was mm-hmm. a, 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 example port, a example file. Yeah, the entire case file. Yeah, the and an, an example entire case file of you know what you know now. Granted, it's 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 evolved over the years and has changed format and so on and so on. But I mean, that was one of the things. So that way we could put something in. If someone said, "Hey, I'd like to see what your casework you know final product looks like," here it is. Here's what yeah. here's what you should expect to see. Yeah, you know, that's that's tangible. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, is it complete and easy to understand? That's a huge thing. Is it complete and easy to understand? Right. Yeah. You know, um, did the layout of the report make sense? Did it make right. sense to you? Or is it all over the place? Yeah. Did it, it, did it follow a nice flow? From, right. Back and forth. Back and forth. Yep. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, did they include photos and graphics? Right. And the only reason that's important. You know, we're in an age of technology. Yeah. But it keeps the eye from getting tired. So somebody that reads that report, the other side that reads it, whoever, you know, one, it keeps the eye from getting tired. So they're not tuning out. And secondly, it illustrates the points that you're talking about. Mm -hmm. So that way they point it out. Is that like, if I'm referencing a tire mark, did I include a picture of that tire mark? (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, you know, and, and then finally, the last final piece of their report was, was their scope of the report clearly defined? Because if they don't clearly define a scope. Well, in the last part, but the last part of the report, you know, is really going to be your opinion section or your findings section. And that should, that should quantify the, the scope. The scope should be established very early on in the report. What yeah. is it that we or I was called upon and asked to do or asked to, what, what questions am I being asked to, to answer? And that's what my opinion needs to, or findings need to, to cover. I mean, if my, you know, my scope was strictly a speed, you know, what was, what was the speed or probable speed of, you know, unit number one. And I, I take off on some tangent about, you know, unleaded gasoline versus E85 in my, in my findings, what in the world, you know, that's a problem. Right. Yeah. hundred percent, you know, and uh, so again, just some kind of tips and tricks to help you guys vet your experts uh, mm-hmm. because if they score very highly on this, they're probably a pretty good expert if they don't score very highly on it. And before you call an expert, know your benchmark. How many of these things do you want checked off? Are you going to require 15 out of 20 to do work with them? 17 out of 20, 20 out of 20, you know, so kind of set that benchmark before you even call the expert. And that way, you know, whether or not they hit these things or they didn't, you know, and I would, I would almost put it out there. The challenge now for, for the, the attorneys that are, they're viewing this podcast, download this document, 
sit down in your office when you got some free time, vet the expert you're using today, not even calling them. If you've used them enough and you've used them before, you should be able to go through that form and check off what applies and what doesn't apply or, you know, not check what doesn't apply, obviously, and see where you're at right now. Set, set your, your, your baseline today. Yeah. hundred percent. And see, see where you come in at. Yeah. So we're actually going to be out of time here for today. So Phil, final thoughts, man, you got anything? I still want to smack you. <laughs> I don't think that ever changes. That never, that's going to be, that's no, it doesn't. It's a consistent, yeah. it's almost like gravity. Right. And that's why I have two different, that's why we have the Northern office and Southern office. Keep us separated. <laughs> so, well, everyone, that's going to wrap it up for the day. As always, jump over to Facebook and make sure you follow and join Crash Tech, the Expert Angle Group. Also, if you want to leave us feedback, have an idea for a show, or would like to be on a future show, head over to crashtechexpertangle.podbean.com and click the link on the right that says contact the show. The form will come up. Put anything that you want right in there. If you want more information on expert consulting services or training, visit us online at www.crashtechreconstruction.com. And finally, if you're a PI attorney, make sure you request to join the Crash Site Facebook group. Or if you're a defense attorney, make sure you request to join the Crash Site Defense Facebook group. Neither site contains any ads or spam. It's just a private community that brings experts from all different areas together with attorneys to collaborate or ask questions. So again, guys, thanks for tuning in. And remember, always leave your accident victims better off than you found them because at the end of the day, everything we're doing is for them.